This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Cloudy today with a high near 37. Cloudy tonight, low around 27. Mostly cloudy Saturday, then gradually becoming sunny, high near 37. Sunny on Sunday with a high near 42. A trio of men wanted in connection with a Pennsylvania robbery and killing were found hiding out about two blocks from the Endicott Police Station. Authorities said the suspects were tracked down to an apartment at 1104 Monroe Street. They were taken into custody without incident around 7.20 p.m. Wednesday. Residents of three other apartments in the building were evacuated as police executed a search warrant. These suspects are Daquan Allen, Jerry Butler, and Damon Brantley Jr. The men were wanted on first-degree murder and robbery charges in connection with a January 20th killing of a man in the Philadelphia area. Investigators said William Carter was walking in Norristown and shortly before 8 p.m. that evening when he was gunned down. Police responding to a report of shots fired found Carter dead on the sidewalk. Southern Tier SWAT team, along with members of the U.S. Marshal Service, Broome County Sheriff's Office, and Endicott Police were involved in taking the men into custody. Investigators said a search of the Monroe Street apartment resulted in the recovery of evidence linked to the murder investigation. Allen, Butler, and Brantley are being held at Broome County Jail in the town of Dickinson to await extradition to Pennsylvania. Our Lady of Lords Hospital has officially been acquired by the Sarah-based Guthrie Clinic. In a deal announced last June, Ascension Health of St. Louis sold Lords and its affiliated operations in Broome, Tioga, and Delaware counties to Guthrie. Terms of the sale were not disclosed as part of that announcement, but Guthrie has sought approval to borrow $140 million to finance the acquisition. Lords is anchored by the 242-bed hospital on Riverside Drive on Binghamton's west side. And Guthrie spokesperson said Lords and its affiliates employ about 3,000 people. Lords workers were issued their new Guthrie badges on Thursday as the formal transition was completed. Crews began removing Ascension signage on Thursday. Guthrie signs will soon appear at all Lords facilities across the southern tier. Workers at the Wise Market Store at 307 Conklin Avenue in Binghamton's south side learned Thursday the location will end operations in about a month. Employees at the supermarket just east of Benjamin Franklin Elementary School confirmed they were told the store would close in March. They were not sure of the exact date of the planned shutdown. The workers will be able to continue with Wise at the company's other area locations. Dennis Curtin, Wise Market's Director of Public Relations, could not be reached for comment about what is planned for the remaining Broome County stores. Wise is based in Sunbury, Pennsylvania. The company acquired 12 Binghamton Giant Markets from the Akel family in 2009. Wise has about 200 stores in New York, Pennsylvania, and five other states. 
On Thursday, a New York State campaign to raise awareness about the safe use of products containing lithium-iron batteries was announced by Governor Kathy Hochul. These types of batteries can be found in many products, including smartphones, power tools, laptops, toys, and e-bikes, among others. While they serve a great purpose, they can also be a safety risk if not used properly. According to Governor Hochul's office, in 2023, there were more than 250 fires, 130 injuries, and at least 18 fatalities tied to instances with lithium-ion batteries in the New York City area alone. A ban is also being proposed in the sale of uncertified or improperly certified lithium-ion batteries used in micro-mobility devices. A public awareness campaign began on Thursday called Buy Safe, Charge Safe, focusing on what to look for when buying lithium-ion batteries, along with safe use and disposal tips. Manhattan prosecutors are weighing a potential perjury charge against Donald Trump's former corporate finance chief in connection with testimony he gave at the ex-president's New York civil fraud trial last October. That's according to two people familiar with the matter. Ellen Weiselberg, a longtime loyal Trump lieutenant, served 100 days in jail last year for dodging taxes on $1.7 million in the off-the-books compensation from the Trump organization. He is still on probation. A decision on charging him didn't appear imminent, the people said. News of a potential perjury charge was first reported by the New York Times. Messages seeking comment were left for Weisselberg's lawyers. Bragg's office declined comment. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is a special edition of Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now. Friday, February 2nd, 2024. WNBF Live. Morning. Good morning, America. 607-772-1290. Hope everyone is well as we prepare to wrap up an interesting and eventful week. What will happen today? 
Who really knows? That's why you listen to News Radio WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, WNBF.com. And of course, enjoyed by countless viewers who watch the WNBF app for your viewing pleasure. And it's available to you at no charge. So 607-772-1290. Welcome. Welcome to our world. Uh, national headline, President Biden will visit Ohio to mark the first anniversary of the toxic derailment that plunged the small community of East Palestine into a health and environmental crisis. This is a story from the New York Times. Mr. Biden has faced criticism from political leaders and residents for delaying a visit, which he had promised to make one month after the February 3rd, 2023 derailment. Anyway, the president is going to go to East Palestine to have a photo op. So good for him. The optics will be good. I hope the uh, reporters have plenty of film in their cameras. WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hello, Bob. It's Gary on West Side. I'd like to tell you about what I did yesterday. I went up to one of Boone County's beautiful parks, Greenwood Park. I know you're familiar with it, and uh, some of the listeners probably go up there and you know, when you pull in, you got that beautiful stand of red pines, and then off to the left, you've got the the concession stands and the the little lake there. And if you go right, you got the the campgrounds up there. Uh, have you been up there lately? I haven't been up there in decades. I yeah, uh, I enjoyed beautiful. it. I love it. Up there. I love right. it. And as as a young lad. As a lad, maybe I was a young teenager. I know we uh, camped there at least a couple times. I don't remember how many times. Maybe it was only once. But anyway, uh, yeah, back in the day. What I, do you uh, remember from it mostly? You know, just, just generally, it was a nice park. I, I don't. Oh, okay. oh I, I know the the number. I can tell you the number of the phone booth at the park: six zero seven eight six two nine nine. And I'm not going to give the other two digits, but and I don't know. I'm guessing by now, 2024, the phone, the pay phone is probably no longer there. But that's not the only thing that's no longer there. Oh well, fill me in. Give me an update because what you're probably going to tell me is going to prompt me to return to Greenwood Park for the first time in could be more than three decades. Well, it's very sad, Bob. You know, when I turned the corner and pulled into the park, I got a gut punch. Because I feel the most beautiful part of that park is the stand of red pines when you first pull in. And they are no more. All of those pine trees were cut down. What? It was sad. So, so sad. When do you think I mean, they I were when do you think they were cut down? Because December. I actually spoke with someone. When I was there, I was there's nobody there. Nobody. And then I was there and I was like, Oh, I can't believe this and somebody pulled in and I happened to speak with them and they said they started in December taking the trees down. And he told me that most of the trees were dead and dying. And uh, when I was up there, I didn't see any dead trees. I was just there this year, and uh, they didn't appear dead to me or 
troublesome. But he said that uh, trees have a lifespan, and, you know, they came to the end of their life. And I looked up red pine lifespans, and it's like 200 to 300 years old. So I don't know if I buy that story, but does Broome County have an arborist? I know the city does. Well. I don't know if Broome County does. Well, let let me use the search machine. Yeah, um, the magic box. I've I've never heard of a county arborist, but maybe there is. Maybe I'd like to know who made that decision to cut them trees down. Because I mean, so right now it's, they're all cut down, they're being carted away, and from what I was told, they're going to remove all of the stumps and they're going to replant trees there. But why they would cut them down? You know, I mean, they said that. They were dying, and, you know, there's no bugs that kill those things or, you know, not like that. By the way, I'm looking looking at the city of Binghamton. I, I don't see anything immediately that says the city of Binghamton has an arborist. I think they do. I called up once because there was a year where trees out in front of my house were, were it was like uh, early August, and they were dying looked like they were dying and i called up the arborist and they said oh no it's just that we had excessive rainfall this year and that's the leaf rot or whatever and they'll be fine next year and sure enough they were i'm trying to figure i'm trying to figure out what department the arborist would be listed under i don't but i tell you bob that you know to me you, if you go, if you, if you were ever there, uh, you know, when the sun was going down, before it set over the mountain. Yeah, now that you mentioned it. The sun those trees. Yes, that was beautiful. Shadows. It was splendid. Oh, come on. I mean, you know, it was really, to me, one of the most beautiful parts of Broome County. It really was. When you, you catch it at the right time yeah. of the day, it's been beautiful. And now they're all gone. It's so just, they, you believe, the you believe the trees were cut down in December? I do, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Early December, yeah. That's when they started cutting them down, yeah. Yeah, they're all in piles now. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about fantastic lumber. Now, the gentleman I spoke with also said, and I can't remember the name of the park he mentioned, there's a park out towards Oneonta where they did the same thing. They cut down all of the red pines there, too. Um, and I... Thought he said they burnt them, but you're talking about like really good lumber there, long, well, straight, sturdy lumber. If you're going to cut them down, might as well make money off of them. Well, maybe they will. Uh, maybe Broome County will, or whoever's carting them away will. Who knows? Whoever the county made arrangements with. Uh huh. I I don't know. It's it's intriguing. Right. Story. It, well, yeah. it is. I'll uh, I'll look into it, and and because of your call, I predict I'll be heading to Greenwood Park in the next few days. Yeah, very sad. And, and to your point, I know I didn't offer an immediate recollection or what what the most impressive feature of the park was when I was there as uh, as a young lad. But you're right. The uh, those pines were beautiful, and they really were. Yeah. Now, now. When I eventually go, which will probably be sometime next week, now I'm sure that I'll uh, shed a you know, tear. Kind of out you, of the way up there. You'll see a, a tear.
going down my left cheek. You know, it's up in northwest Broome County, basically. It's kind of out of the way. It's maybe, I don't know, a half hour or so out of the, out of the Yeah, it's not that far. Not that, not I mean, that when, far, when I was living... Like most people don't go there. Well, when I was I living in, in Endicott, it was... Rel- relatively speaking, close. Obviously, people yeah, live in right uh, Binghamton or Windsor. Probably would think it's too much of a trek, but it's it's still a nice park, I assume. But without the without the pine trees, it still is. Yeah. You know, one of the good things about that park, Bob, from what I believe, I'm not a you know, don't quote me on this, but I believe that lake is also spring fed. So you go up there in August. When the water temperatures are warm like bath water, uh, you can still get refreshed by going into that lake because it's cooler than most. And that's what I enjoyed about it, too. All right. Hey, thanks for for calling it to my attention. Okay, Bob. Take care. It's 920 at WNBF, 607-772-1290. What's on your mind? We talk about local issues, state issues, national issues, global issues. I just ran into a listener, a WNBF listener, about 30 minutes ago as I was taking a walk in the park, filing a report from Rec Park on the west side. I should have mentioned that to Gary. in his neighborhood just uh, just about 30 minutes ago. If you want to see the report, go to Twitter, at Binghamton Now, and take a look at our exclusive reporting from Recreation Park, only from WNBF, on Twitter, at Binghamton Now. From the Golf Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Reserve your new Toyota at Galt Toyota. The social engineer... WNBF Live. In living color. Take a closer look at your radio. Enjoy the high definition. As long as you pay, uh, pay for an expensive radio. It's a cheap throwaway radio. You know. It's HA. Looks like one of those transistors from the 60s. John in Binghamton, you're on the air. Hi, Bob. Uh, I'm proud to announce that Monday, the Binghamton City Council work session uh, will entertain my request for legislation to put the Binghamton, the Police Choice Act, uh, on a referendum uh, before the public in November. This will allow the, the residents of Binghamton, the voters of Binghamton, to choose uh, which agencies agency uh, they want their police services. Uh, so that's very, very nice. Have you had any uh, feedback from the fourth floor at City Hall? Do we yet know what the reaction of Mayor Cram is to your proposal? Well, uh, the resolution went up to his office, so I'm sure he's aware of it. 
there's nothing much he can do to stop it. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, of course, this is, you know, any municipality in New York State can put any question they want before the voters. So that's not the controversy. They just, all it uh, requires is the, the trust in the voters to come to uh, a good decision for them. And these are individual decisions that people will make. But uh, this this has the power to really uh, trigger a great boom in Binghamton's economy if if they they pass through the money uh, to tax reduction. They could also, for example, <laughs> they could also pay off the entire city debt in a couple of years. <laughs> well, even even if it came to pass, and I I regard it at this stage anyway, is is really a long shot. Even if it happened, I don't foresee a significant tax reduction in Binghamton. Oh, when is the last well, time any government, local, state, or federal government had a significant tax reduction? I'm not saying there wouldn't be announcements of a modest, very modest, tax cut at some point, a real tax reduction that city residents would be able to notice Oh, you mean not a, a shell game like the county where they 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 renew the temporary sales tax and, and then <laughs> well, claim? First of all, we knew, you knew, I knew, every county resident knew when they adopted the so-called temporary sales tax increase. It wasn't going to be temporary. The only thing that's going to happen with the sales tax in Broome County, if anything, if it ever changes, it's going to be increased. I'm not predicting that right now, but I wouldn't be shocked in the next five to ten years some person probably not a county executive but maybe some legislator would propose uh, another sales tax increase half a percent maybe a full percent i'm not saying they should i'm saying that's probably what it's going to come down to at some point well yeah these local governments uh, are near bankruptcy uh there's no question about it uh and uh, this is the generation that uh uh, took all the nice institutions that we had here for for decades and, and destroyed them, uh, Bob. But you know, it's going to be interesting to see how. And, and you know what the Police Choice Act is, Bob. It's it's just equalizing the cost of law enforcement. Uh, for example, I want to give the residents of Binghamton a choice to get the same police protection that D.A. Batisti gets in the town of Shenango or that. Fred Akshar gets uh, in Endwell. Uh, I don't want the residents of Binghamton to have to pay for the town of Shenango's uh, police protection or the residents of Endwell. And I'm sick and tired of Binghamton being the whipping boy uh, in political campaigns about how unsafe it is and uh, to win elections. And you even have essentially the police unions agree with that, that, that Binghamton is unsafe because they support these candidates that are banging the drum. And I, I'm tired of endless grants. And here's the problem with grant funding. You don't get the money uh, for uh, results. You get the money because there's rampant crime and distress in the areas. And the Binghamton Police Department has essentially become a grant mill, uh, and this is used for overtime to juice the pension. So we can 
do this, we can reduce the cost. The, the folks finally in Endwell and Shenango uh, will be paying for uh, Binghamton. And I, I suspect uh, that if the Police Choice Act happens, uh, that uh, Johnson City and Endicott will soon follow suit. So explain uh, how this would work. So the city council is expecting or is will apparently uh, review your proposal at the work session Monday. Then what? Well, then it goes on the ballot. If it passes on January 1st. With city council approval. You would have to have at least five members of city council approve, give the green light for putting this on the ballot. That's all that would be necessary? Yes, yes. Or, you know, the signatures can be gathered and put it on. You know, you can, that, you can do it that way, too. But, yeah, they can put it on the ballot, and uh, if it passes, uh, on January 1st, 2025, uh, police services will be provided by the New York State Police and the Broome County Sheriff's Office. Uh, I assume if uh, the other uh, situations like Camden, New Jersey, I assume that a lot of these officers will be hired by Fred Akshar, New York State Police, uh, and that maybe some of them will be revetted in, in uh, a few bit uh bad apples, which probably that we don't know because we never get any updates on anything, but perhaps there's two, three, four, five, eight bad apples on the Binghamton Police Department that don't have an impressive file, human resource file. So so maybe they'll be vetted out of law enforcement. That would be a plus in my opinion. But everything will proceed as normal. Uh, and the city will, on January 1st, have zero liability uh, for any kind of uh, action against the police department. So, uh, example, something occurs on State Street, something, some incident, it gets out of hand. Uh, Binghamton has no liability exposure. It's either New York State Police or Broome County. It's Jason Garner's problem. It's Kathy Hochul's problem. And, uh, you know, uh, actually, I'll tell you what, it's it would be interesting to uh, uh, see uh, Fred Akshar there and Paul Battisti there. I, I, I hope they... It would be um, interesting. Are yeah. you going to be there? Well, I'm, I'm making the presentation. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, I didn't want to be presumptuous. I figured yeah. since you're the, the person behind the proposal, of course you would be there. But I didn't want to assume. I thought maybe you would appoint some representative, some high-powered New York City PR person... To, to give a slick presentation with video and PowerPoint. Maybe well, maybe Andrew Cuomo, he needs work. Well, I don't think it's going to go that far because, again, you're just, you're just putting it on the ballot. Why would you want to stop? Uh, you know, if, if, uh, you know I, this is not a, a back-the-blue versus anti-police activist. This is not defunding. People are going to get great law enforcement from Fred Akshar and the New York State Police. Well, on the bottom line, then, it seems no matter how it goes, if the voters of Binghamton in November choose not to make any changes, they can continue to have the high-quality policing we've enjoyed for well over a century. So it, it seems to me that there could be no losers. Uh, well, uh, at least the public will have a say. And I, I to tell you the truth, I don't think it's going to be close. Uh, I think uh, I think it's going to pass overwhelmingly if the issue is articulated. If it's if it's a mindless, you know, 
we can't live without the Binghamton Police Department. Uh, that's like saying, you know, the people in Camden, New Jersey, when they did the same thing, uh, crime went down. That Camden was a hellhole, uh, you know, ahead of its time. In Do you think trial. city council would expect that not only the, the sheriff and the DA, but even the Binghamton police chief would attend the work session to weigh in? Well, I would hope so. I would hope so, because we, we need to equal, Bob, uh, uh, Sheriff Akshar uh, just put four more people uh, on road patrol, uh, but those road patrols don't go into Binghamton, yet the Binghamton taxpayers have to pay for that service while they patrol the town of Shenango and Endwell. This is just about equalization. Uh, you know, there's there's going to be great law enforcement unless somebody says, well, the New York State Police and the Sheriff's Department are, are an inferior brand of law enforcement compared to the Binghamton Police. You're going to have the, the thing and you're going to reduce the cost. The burden, the burden for law enforcement in Binghamton is going to be spread out and uh, it's going to work out great. And I, 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 I. Well, I'm sure uh, Fred Akshar will welcome the challenge of, of managing, you know, 80 or more uh, police officers over. There'll probably be less administrators, that's for sure. Uh, you won't have that double overhead, uh, maybe more uh, people on the street. And uh, it'll be a great, uh, great day for Binghamton because no longer will uh, the people in the bad neighborhood see the Binghamton police cars and get that that response that visceral response anti-police because they've had uh, some uh, past uh, uh, encounters no 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 they will see a new brand they will see new york state police and broom county sheriff and let me tell you something bob uh there's a large number of people that live in the city that don't have cars that probably never had an encounter with the state police or the sheriff's department in their life but yet they've had multiple uh, unsatisfactory, uh, if you will, encounters with the Binghamton police. So we're going to give the brand a rest. Uh, it's it's time for a change. It's time for new ideas, better ideas. It's time to reduce crime. And the, the situation in Can, Can, uh, Bob, even in Little Deposit or Fort Edward, uh, is, is there a is there a, a crime wave going on uh, in deposit now that the seven-member police force has been dissolved and one sheriff's deputy is covering that? Are you aware of any big crime sprees? I've deposit? heard of none. Deposit, the village of Deposit has been stunningly quiet recently. Appreciate your call. We'll see where this yep. goes. Yep. 9.35 WNBF live to Owego. Jesse, good morning. Happy Groundhog Day. Yeah, for those who celebrate. Well, yeah. I'm surprised you weren't there, and I was very surprised that you said the last time you were there was, what, 24 years ago? Yeah, it was Groundhog Day 2000. I can tell you exactly 24 years ago at 9.35, I was having a, a, a new level of experience in near frostbite with my feet because here's i'm going to try to make this as brief as possible i could certainly talk about it maybe for hours but so for some reason and it's complicated so i'll i'll leave i'll leave the backstory out but for some reason i wound up um writing with someone to punxsutawney pennsylvania on february 1st 2000 
And so we went to uh, the Punxsutawney High School because on Groundhog Day Eve, they have a big community dinner. I think there were about 500 people there for the Groundhog Day dinner. No, they didn't serve groundhog. I think it was meatloaf, but I think it was it was probably horse meat or something like that. It was definitely not groundhog. It was very good. Um and it, it was a lot of fun. They had um, uh, presentations. I think there was music. And then we uh, adjourned to um, the hotel. And it's the only time in my life I've ever seen the movie Groundhog Day. The question was raised, Bob, have you ever seen Groundhog Day? And I said, no. Well, good news. It's coming on at 9 o'clock. So let's watch. And I did. And then... Uh, we set the alarm for very, very, very early. And I think we got up at 3 in the morning on Groundhog Day. And then we went to whatever, the Punxsutawney Plaza, whatever. It's like it's nothing very impressive, but whatever passes for some sort of Punxsutawney retail complex. Definitely not a mall, really. And then that's where you would go to get a ride to the place, to Gobbler's Knob, which was out of, out of Punxsutawney. You weren't allowed to go drive there directly. You had to take um, a, a local school bus, and we rode. Pennsylvania State Trooper showed up on the thing at about uh, 4.03 in the morning, and the first announcement he made was, I don't know if you've heard... But this is the first year that alcohol is banned at Gobbler's Knob. And you can imagine what? how you can imagine how that went over because what are you supposed to do? You take basically about an 8-minute ride on the bus, the school bus, then they dump you out at Gobbler's Knob and there you're standing with like 50 million other people. It's like Woodstock except without good music. And uh, and not mud because it was so cold. I think the temperature was about minus 100 Celsius, and uh, the wind chill was minus 1,000 Celsius. And then you're standing there waiting for almost three hours for something, because the thing doesn't happen until about 718. They, they don't, the, uh, the, the ringleaders don't even come out of their cages until about 718. Then they go through the usual song and dance. Then they uh, grab the rodent out of his hutch. Which is a beautiful hutch. It's the nicest hutch I've ever seen for a, a rodent. They treat Phil like he's uh, royalty, which I guess in Punxsutawney is the only thing that passes for royalty. And, of course, he doesn't see his shadow. And, of course, everybody is hooting and hollering. And then there's a big announcement. All right, kids, get the heck out of here. Everybody, get out. And remember, there's about 5 billion people there, so... And they didn't bring their own cars, so it takes forever for everybody to hobble onto the the fleet of school buses and get back to the Punxsutawney Plaza so you can pick up your car and go out of town. I did a report. I did a live report as soon as I got to Punxsutawney Plaza because I think, oh, no, wait, I can't remember what happened to our cell phone. I think the cell phone didn't work because it didn't have a very good battery, and I think the battery froze, so I had to go to a phone booth and call Roger Neal to give a live update and let him know just uh, what what I thought would likely be the amputation of at least one of my feet because of frostbite. But anyway, 
So there's the abridged version of what happened to me in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, 24 years ago. And don't forget, on this day, that former mayor of New York City did Groundhog Day, and he (laughs) killed that poor thing. Well, not instantly. Not instantly. It took a week. Yeah. Uh, Well, but wasn't his fault and no. I, I just saw I just saw the somebody on Twitter a reporter texted him this morning let me see if I can find this so a reporter for uh, an online news service called Semaphore Katie Agoba texted former New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio this morning, early this morning, and this and she uh, put on Twitter her text to uh, Bill de Blasio. It's been 10 years since that Groundhog incident. What's one thing everyone gets wrong when they talk about that fateful day? And Bill de Blasio wrote back, any event at 7 in the morning featuring an agitated live animal doesn't end well. So obviously, Bill de Blasio has respect for the town of Union because it certainly didn't end well. Well, you know what? That's called the blame game. Oh, well. Well, first of all, whoever, let's put it this way, whoever on Mayor de Blasio's staff suggested that photo op is a good idea, I'm sure was immediately fired. Wasn't his fault. And by the that's the thing. Who in their right mind, outside of... The um, the inner circle in Punxsutawney because they know they know about groundhogs, but who in their right mind otherwise would want to put their paws on on one of those rodents? I wouldn't. What if somebody? What if? Yeah. What if somebody came up to me and said, "Next year, oh Bob, why don't you try to um, replicate the you know what they do in Punxsutawney? Why don't you do it at the Parlor City Circle at seven?" 25 on Groundhog Day next year, and we'll we'll get a rodent from the um, the Ross Park Zoo, and it'll be great fun, and and it'll be uh, lots of media coverage, and you'll have fun, and all you have to do is pull, you know, Binghamton Billy uh, out out of a hutch at the Parlor City s- Circle at the right time, and and hold her up. And then if she sees her shadow, then we know that there's going to be six more days of winter. And, and it would be great fun. I'd be like, no. No, you oh. do it. You do it. I wouldn't do that. Come on, man. Right now we got spring coming, so the groundhog falls, but I'll believe it when I see it, Bob. All and right. I do, have one, I do have one more thing. Yes. When it comes to what Governor Hochul said, she has really spoken out about the awareness of these ion lithium batteries. And she talked about certification. So let's say IM3, for example, other factories that are making these batteries, do they have to obtain or do they have to get a certification? And is she going to mandate that? Because uh, we've already heard if those batteries aren't used right, they're either going to catch on fire and or explode and there's another thing about that let's say the electric cars the homeowners insurance companies have stated that if you own an electric car 
and you park it in your garage, we are not going to cover the loss of your property if it catches on fire or gets destroyed. All right. And just remember what happened four years ago at the Appalachian Recycling Plant. If you want to remember what happens when a fire starts. Now, I don't know. I personally don't know that that fire at the Appalachian Recycling Plant really was started by a lithium-ion battery. That's the story we were told. Is it true? Is it not true? I have no idea. I have my doubts. But anyway, it's a good story. And it helped to drive home the point, if you dispose of a lithium-ion battery, you should do it correctly, or else you'll be responsible if we ever have a fire at the new recycling plant. So that was, I think, the point of that. As far as, I don't think there was ever proof. I think it was a theory. So that was the theory they used, that the uh, fire that ripped through the Appalachian recycling plant was somehow sparked by a battery. Maybe it was, or who knows, but it definitely was a good story. 945 WNBF Live, Bob Joseph, Binghamton Now. WNBF, back to the phones. Ron on Binghamton's West Side. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Say, I've, I've been uh, just kicking around some thoughts. Uh, you know, we're only 10 days away from America's uh, most important uh, High Holy Day. It's kind of a secular High Holy Day. Uh, we're in the Advent season, you might say, 10 days away. I'm wondering what, uh, what your preparations are. Uh, for the Super Bowl uh, coming up, you know, uh, have you made yourself ready for it or have you prepared the way? First, we can't say what you just said, those two words, because it's an NFL uh, licensed uh, event. We can call it the big game or oh, a special okay. event, but we have WNBF has nothing to do with that. And I don't want any trouble with the commissioner, so I'll just say. Uh, the big event, that's what I'll call it, the big event, because it no longer is just a game. It also involves uh, America's most beloved singer and future president. So, yeah, and as yeah. far as preparation, I, I am not preparing for anything. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it as it happens. Well, I, I won't call it by that name. I'll just refer to there's a a big event coming up in 10 days. And uh, let's just say like uh, one of the head guys, the uh, guy who rules over this um, uh, grouping, uh, at the end of the game, you know, he comes down to the field and he, he confers uh, the blessing on the, the winning team. And I'm wondering this year if uh, one particular team wins, uh, uh, will a high priestess be named uh, and installed? You you know who, uh, Miss uh, Swift. Or 
if uh, that team loses, uh, will she be, uh, you know, the ceremonial sacrificial victim uh, for this religious event? I just wonder. Um, but uh, on a more mundane level here, getting off the high horse, uh, I looked up some facts on uh, prices to the Super Bowl. Uh, the, my source is StubHub. Uh, I don't know if you're aware. I, I was really blasted by this. The average Now, the average price seat for the special event coming up, do you, do you have an idea what the av- – now, the average uh, price seat. Would you would you hazard a guess? Twenty six thousand dollars. Come on, Bob. <laughs> okay, fifty thousand dollars. Am no, I getting the, closer? Would, no, you no. The average seat is ten thousand dollars. The average seat. Uh, they go from a, the range is about sixty three hundred dollars. To forty-four thousand dollars, so you were up in the range of the highest price seat. And I, I calculated out since the stadium where this event is going to be held holds sixty-five thousand people, uh, with an average of ten thousand uh, dollars per seat, that would be a gross revenue of six hundred and fifty million dollars. So over half a billion dollars. Uh, for seats to this special event. Now, um, if that isn't a uh, the, our secular high holy day, I, I don't know what is. Everybody prepares for it. Um, everybody gathers and brings special food, their special chili and guacamole recipes and gathers and uh watches this uh, special event it's really sure I, i'm gonna i'm gonna bring to this i almost said it you almost tricked me you almost set yeah. me up uh at the and i i i will say this i know where i'll be on that fateful sunday afternoon i'll probably bring like oh six two liter bottles of moxie that's my preparation but thank you for asking you know, yeah i'm gonna go all out this year I think last year I brought three two-liter bottles of Moxie. This year, <laughs> you're going to go wild with six two-liter bottles of the Moxie. Refreshing, healthy beverage. This is Bob Joseph on WNBF. Teresa from Binghamton's West Side. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning. Well, this is one of my favorite days of the year, Groundhog Day. Oh, you know what? Could you call back after the news? Okay. Yeah, if you will, because here's the thing. I I mistime things, and this is is all on me because I'm new here. And so I wound up allocating only about 32 seconds for your call. So if you can call back sometime next hour, I'd love to speak with you. You'll need more than that because I have a very special song. Okay. Call me back next hour sometime after the news. Yeah, you know, it's so difficult here, you know, timing things out and... Reading a clock, especially these newfangled clocks that are digital. It's Bob Joseph live on WNBF. 
This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221EJ Binghamton, a Town Square media station. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Cloudy today with a high near 37. Cloudy tonight, low around 27. Mostly cloudy Saturday, then gradually becoming sunny, high near 37. Sunny on Sunday with a high near 42. A trio of men wanted in connection with a Pennsylvania robbery and killing were found hiding out about two blocks from the Endicott police station. Authorities said the suspects were tracked down to an apartment at 1104 Monroe Street. They were taken into custody without incident around 7.20 p.m. Wednesday. Residents of three other apartments in the building were evacuated as police executed a search warrant. These suspects are Daquan Allen, Jerry Butler, and Damon Brantley Jr. The men were wanted on first-degree murder and robbery charges in connection with a January 20th killing of a man in the Philadelphia area. Investigators said William Carter was walking in Norristown and shortly before 8 p.m. that evening when he was gunned down. Police responding to a report of shots fired found Carter dead on the sidewalk. Southern Tier SWAT team, along with members of the U.S. Marshals Service, Broome County Sheriff's Office, and Endicott Police were involved in taking the men into custody. Investigators said a search of the Monroe Street apartment resulted in the recovery of evidence linked to the murder investigation. Allen, Butler, and Brantley are being held at Broome County Jail in the town of Dickinson to await extradition to Pennsylvania. Our Lady of Lords Hospital has officially been acquired by the Sarah-based Guthrie Clinic. In a deal announced last June, Ascension Health of St. Louis sold Lords and its affiliated operations in Broome, Tioga, and Delaware counties to Guthrie. Terms of the sale were not disclosed as part of that announcement, but Guthrie has sought approval to borrow $140 million to finance the acquisition. Lords is anchored by the 242-bed hospital on Riverside Drive on Binghamton's west side. A Guthrie spokesperson said Lords and its affiliates employ about 3,000 people. Lords workers were issued their new Guthrie badges on Thursday as the formal transition was completed. Crews began removing Ascension signage on Thursday. Guthrie signs will soon appear at all Lords facilities across the southern tier. Workers at the Wise Market Store at 307 Conklin Avenue in Binghamton's South Side learned Thursday the location will end operations in about a month. Employees at the supermarket just east of Benjamin Franklin Elementary School confirmed they were told the store would close in March. They were not sure of the exact date of the planned shutdown. The workers will be able to continue with Wise at the company's other area locations. Dennis Curtin, Wise Markets Director of Public Relations, could not be reached for comment about what is planned for the remaining Broome County stores. Wise is based in Sunbury, Pennsylvania. The company acquired 12 Binghamton Giant Markets from the Akel family in 2009. Wise has about 200 stores in New York, Pennsylvania, and five other states. 
On Thursday, a New York State campaign to raise awareness about the safe use of products containing lithium-iron batteries was announced by Governor Kathy Hochul. These types of batteries can be found in many products, including smartphones, power tools, laptops, toys, and e-bikes, among others. While they serve a great purpose, they can also be a safety risk if not used properly. According to Governor Hochul's office, in 2023, there were more than 250 fires, 130 injuries, and at least 18 fatalities tied to instances with lithium-iron ion batteries in the New York City area alone. A ban is also being proposed in the sale of uncertified or improperly certified lithium-ion batteries used in micro-mobility devices. A public awareness campaign began on Thursday called Buy Safe, Charge Safe, focusing on what to look for when buying lithium-ion batteries, along with safe use and disposal tips. Manhattan prosecutors are weighing a potential perjury charge against Donald Trump's former corporate finance chief in connection with testimony he gave at the ex-president's New York civil fraud trial last October. That's according to two people familiar with the matter. Ellen Weiselberg, a longtime loyal Trump lieutenant, served 100 days in jail last year for dodging taxes on $1.7 million in the -the off-the-books compensation from the Trump organization. He is still on probation. A decision on charging him didn't appear imminent, the people said. News of a potential perjury charge was first reported by the New York Times. Messages seeking comment were left for Weisselberg's lawyers. Bragg's office declined comment. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Bob Joseph, another hour of Binghamton now. 607-772-1290 is our phone number. Let's go right back to the phones. We'll squeeze in as many calls as possible because this is the final broadcast of Binghamton now for the week. Bonnie in Shenango Forks, good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Uh, just want to talk if everybody hasn't heard, but it's been all over on the news. Um, I don't know if you even heard about it, Bob, but I'm just going to get right into what's going on. It's um, with NATO. Uh, the top uh, commander of NATO has announced that we're going to have uh, what's called uh, it's uh, steadfast, steadfast uh, defender 2024. And I guess we're going to start this next week, and it's going to go through May and maybe even longer, um, where our military is going to get all gathered up, and we're in the proceedings, I believe, of that now. Um, and we're going to we're going to hit uh, or go over into Europe. I guess Iran, possibly in Syria, because of this. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but I guess three of our American soldiers got hit uh, Sunday, this last Sunday, and they well, died. They were killed. Yeah. They they were killed, I think. They were sleeping. Yeah, two women and a, and a man. Anyway, I'm going, that's three people, so three lives, and I get that. But 
I don't know. I just have to say that we're headed for serious times to come in days, and I think we're going to end up in maybe World War III. I hope it doesn't happen um, because they're talking about drafting and everything. Biden is. Well, I'm prepared to serve. If if we go to war, I am prepared to serve. If the draft is, is restored and my number comes up, I'm ready to go. Did you serve in the military, Bob? I never have. I, I've never served in the nation's military. The draft had uh, ended by the time I turned 18. I think I did have to still, that was when you still had to register. I don't know if you still have to register when you turn 18. But, um, no, there was no draft. So, you know, here I've been just living without doing my my duty to uh, serve and protect the country for decades. And, and now, if it comes down to it, if... if if my nation needs me, I'm willing to serve wherever I'm sent. What I, up to what age can they draft? 18 through what? I, well, I think 18 through remember. 80 now. I think they changed the law. Oh. It used to be, I think, 18 through, what was it, 50? And now I think it's 18 through 80 because people are living longer. I think whatever age the commander in chief is, is the, yeah. is the upper end. So, so I guess, I guess 80. So I, I, I'm hearing about it now, the 10th Infantry up in Watertown, which is where my cousin was stationed. He's Green Beret uh, in the Army. I have a lot of people in my family in the military. And by the uh, way, I stand corrected. The, the commander-in-chief is actually 81. So I, I misspoke. Joe Biden actually is uh, 81 years old. So, you know, so from 18 to 81, I guess. If the, And again, we don't know. Nobody has said the draft is being brought back but if it happens i will state here and now if my nation calls on me to serve whether it's here at home working the uh the the, the talk show on uh, armed forces radio or if it's uh in iraq serving as the morning host for uh whatever radio station they have uh, for the military in Iraq because you know it's very important to be able to communicate with our troops yeah well anyway uh not upset about it I'm praying for our country all right well yeah we'll always World War three it's going to be it could be very serious well, let's, it's let's start next week through May but I think if it, it starts <laughs> it may go even on longer well and and take a look at, at the NATO website they actually uh, posted the uh, all the information on January 26th. I'm looking at it right now, and they have a full article, everything you need to know about Steadfast Defender 2024. They call it an unprecedented military exercise that signals alliance unity and preparedness. So it's getting serious. Yeah, you, bet, you better believe it. Too. All right. In the I meantime, anyway. yeah, well, don't it's be scared. Duty. It's, it's, to have to do active duty, Bob, though, on the ground, would I? It's terrible. Well, I I know I've I've talked with some people, not at length, because I've never I've never had the I don't know audacity to ask people to talk very in very stark terms about what they went through. But just uh, generally speaking, I've I've heard bits and pieces, and I know it's terrible. I've I've met many veterans in this local area here in the last few months, and then through the summer and. Uh, I respect them highly, every one of them. I do um, too. You know, th- and you know, I, I'm so thankful for their service, and and hopefully, you know, although obviously tensions now are are very high, 
in many spots of the world, hopefully, it uh, isn't going to get out of hand and, and turn into something that is beyond everyone's control. Thank you for your call. It's 1015. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? This is Teresa. I'm from the West Side. Thanks for calling back. What's on your mind? Well, um, this is a very important day to me, Groundhog Day. And um, I have a very special song that I want to dedicate to Gary on the West Side and Jasper. A groundhog song that I wrote. Are you All ready? Right. I am. I'm ready. I'm bracing for a, a, a hold on. Let me let me uh, allow people who are uh, driving or operating heavy machinery <laughs> to uh, take a moment so they can be prepared. Okay. So disclaimer: those of you who are driving or operating heavy machinery, coming up next in ten mm-hmm. seconds. Ten seconds from Mark. Woof. The uh, <laughs> we'll have a, a special presentation. To mark a very, very special day from Teresa on the West Side. Okay, here we go. Will I see my shadow today? Will I see my shadow today? If I don't, then spring's not far away. If I do, then there's six weeks delay. Oh, Punxsutawney Phil, you're giving me a thrill. I've waited for so long to be singing you this song. Will I see my shadow today? Will I see my shadow today? If I don't, then spring's not far away. If I do, then there's six weeks delay. The end. Teresa, thank you so much. (laughs) That made my week. You're welcome. Oh, I appreciate it. And I, I wrote that song. So. Well, well, it's very special. I, I can tell it's special to you, but it's also very special to me. And also coming to us live from Binghamton's West Side, where um, <laughs> I I just love, of course I love all of Binghamton, but I, for some reason, sometimes I think I'm a little partial to the West Side. So thank you so much for You're what, welcome. what is a beautiful, beautiful presentation here on live radio. <laughs> Okay, thanks, Bob. Have a great weekend. Okay, bye. It's 10-17, and you heard it live at 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. You're listening to Binghamton now. We'll be on till noon. What will happen next? We don't know, but we're going to find out together. And you can participate by calling 607-772-1290. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We're still saving the Southern Tier money at Galt Toyota.
WNBM. At 1021, the calls continue to flood in to our telephonic control points. DJ in Binghamton, good morning, you're on the air. Hey, good morning, Bob. 18 to 25 is the draft age, and I already shot my M16 and threw my hand grenades, so I'm good. I told you a third world war was coming. You told me not to talk about it. Stop talking about that. Remember that morning I called? Yeah, I guess I can't stop people from talking about it. I wish they'd stop talking about it, but I can't stop you. We got bombed by the Hoochie rebels. So it's it's us and it's Israel versus Hamas and it's uh, Ukraine versus Putin. So we're headed there, but we're protected. Blessed is the nation who's got us the Lord. Yeah, I guess if we're protected, we don't have to worry about a world war. If we're protected, it'll be averted. So life goes on yeah. and, and great things will happen this year if we're protected. We'll, we'll, we'll have a, the next, we'll say the next 11 months will be peaceful on the planet if we're protected. Well, we can be in a war. We can be in a war, but you got to be protected by Christ. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, bro. Have a good one. God bless you, Bob. It's 1022 at WNBF. Debbie and Endwell, good morning. Good grief. I have to follow that. <laughs> well, you know. I, I, Live radio, baby. It Live is. Radio. I'm loving it. I, I I love every scintillating second. Well, that's true, or else we wouldn't listen. Um, I just wondered if anybody had any comments about the wife's market closing. Not so much the location, just the idea that they're closing a market. Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't been flooded with calls. I'm shocked. I, I just went, I got back from the W store, and um, everybody's just, they, you know, everybody's just, nobody knows what's going on. It's, uh, I, I put in a, a, a call and an email to the guy who runs the um, the PR shop down at, Wise Markets in Sunbury, Pennsylvania. Oh, well, that's, yeah. Yeah, so I'm waiting to hear back because I'm concerned because there's some other small Wise stores. There's the Main Street Vestal store. What if they close that? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Think of all the people, not just in Vestal, but a lot of people in Pennsylvania who don't have a a close grocery store. Somebody, somebody told me, I won't tell who because it was uh, a person who wishes to remain nameless. Somebody told me that store won't close because it's quite busy and they have not only the core shoppers who live fairly close in Vestal, but a lot of people indeed from over the border in Pennsylvania. So they think. The Main Street Vestal store is safe. But what if they closed Reno Boulevard? What if they closed Park Manor Plaza? I mean, what if they closed the one in West Corners? I mean, come on, man. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah. Isn't this America? Come on. Come on, man. Tell me. Anyway, hopefully I'll listen and see if anybody um, has an idea. Somebody said that there's um, a problem up there with theft and crime, that kind of thing. Well, I've heard that, too. And, uh, you know, there may be. But there's Can't a problem. Oh, I was going to say, you know, if that was the case, then Boscovs would close. There's a problem with theft and crime generally in society right now. Obviously, some places are, right. are having having it worse than other places. But, right. you know, even at the W store in Johnson City, I won't mention their name because of right. HIPAA. But, you know, they've if you notice, almost 
Now, I was there at that W store. I, I confess, I was there yesterday, and one of the things that shocked me, they're out of Malamars already. But uh, the, the other thing that was surprising is the guy who's usually there to keep people like me from uh, taking Malamars and other tasty treats without paying for them. That guy wasn't, I didn't see him, so I don't know if he was off last night. Maybe he was just taking a break. Usually, it's not just one guy, but, you know, there are usual... Um, you know, a few, obviously, who are most visible, and I'm sure they have other people who, not that most people are um, up to something, but just in case some right, people have right. a, uh, a tendency, no, maybe they don't like... security guy. Yeah, yeah. well, every place like at a should. record shop. Yeah, okay, well, I'll listen and see yeah, if thank you. anything. Thank you, have a good weekend. Yep. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I'm concerned... And the guy, here's the thing, the guy who runs the PR shop down at Wise, I remember distinctly, I met him, he actually came here to the station about 15 years ago when the Akels decided, stunningly and suddenly, well, it seems sudden to us, I'm sure they gave it a lot of thought, but remember that fateful day, I think it was in May 2009, when the Akels shocked America. By selling Binghamton Giant Markets to Wise? I mean, I had to sit down for that. But uh, that same day, or maybe a couple days later after the announcement, the guy who runs uh, the PR for Wise Markets, who still works there, who, uh, at least according to the website, uh, he came in. We had a good talk about Wise Markets because I didn't know much about them. I had been into one Wise Market store in Pennsylvania, I think, Maybe around Harrisburg or who, I don't know where it was. Camp Hill? I don't know. Mechanics? Who knows where it was? Doesn't matter. So I didn't know that much about Wise. And he told me about Wise. And I told him about Binghamton. And, um, yeah, so I, I left a message for him on his hotline yesterday and sent an email. But I haven't heard back. So hopefully I can hear back and find out, you know, because we all would like to be wise. I just made that up on the fly. It wasn't written for me. It's 1027 WNBF. There's no off position on the genius switch. We now go to the West Coast, and we say good morning to the Golden Gate boy, Scotty. What's up? Hey, Bobby. How you doing today? Great. Hey, uh, I was... Uh listen to some of your uh, your viewers and they're talking about the big events and they're talking about taylor swift and being a distraction and all that but i'm going to mention one thing and you can look it up one time the golden state warriors are playing the uh oklahoma city thunder and prince walks in the prince paisley palace prince the real prince. The, the real, real prince. prince. Not not a not one of those imitators years. like uh, Elvis he, had. The real prince. He got a standing ovation. He was dressed to the nines with sunglasses on, front row seats. It was just spectacular. I mean, this is Prince, the guy who had the best halftime show ever, besides Up with People in 2007. If you remember that show. I vaguely remember it, and I'm still oh, look it, look it up. You know what I was, up, uh, you know, up with people. Now that even even though they've been snubbed for a long time by the Super Bowl, oh, you almost tripped me. I I didn't say it. I just said Super Bowl. 
Yeah, you almost got oh. it, Bobby. Oh, Ooh, I oh, was man. trapped. Oh, I, man. Oh, big event. The, commissioners, big event. the commissioner's attorneys are on their way now to <laughs> perform a citizen's arrest. What well, I, I meant to say. I going to have somebody meet you in the back alley. And, <laughs> and, and uh, beat some sense into me anyway. Yes, <laughs> thanks, I, thanks, I, thanks, I, I would yeah. love. I would love, because I'm very supportive, you know this, I'm very supportive of the NFL Corporation. I watch all their games. I bet uh, copious amounts of money every weekend. And uh, so I love everything they do. I'm saying that desperately, trying to keep the litigation, the litigators away. Uh, anyway, about the uh, big event, I still am hoping that at the last you know, minute they announce that Up With People will be uh, a special treat. One more thing about the big event, Bobby. You know, the, the MAGA heads must be exploding because who can they root for? They can't root for the Chiefs because you got Travis Kelsey, who's advocating get the vaccine and drinking Bud Light, and has Taylor Swift, who's going to endorse Biden. Then San Francisco, that's their most hated city. There's going to be a big parade with Nancy Pelosi and Gavin Newsom and who can the MAGA heads root for? Why would they even watch the game? They're not watching the game because, remember, if you remember, they've been boycotting professional football ever since Colin Kaepernick took a <laughs> knee. So that's, I know they have it. <laughs> that's why it's funny yeah. that you see online the uh, this manufactured outrage about uh, America's most talented woman, it, you know, and it's all this fake outrage, just like as, as fake as the alleged war on Christmas was, and you know, the, and I'm sorry so for saying you know, for, Bobby? They, it doesn't for? matter. They don't watch NFL Corporation anymore. <laughs> they, they they watch WWE Corporation. <laughs> with Vince, with, uh, you know, Vince, the guy who just got kicked out of, you know, it, it's pretty serious, and I'm not passing judgment on him, but it's pretty serious when the company that owns WWE kicks you out, <laughs> I mean, I, well, I, again, I don't reason. know. You know, he, he's innocent until proven guilty in a court well, of law well, by. Yeah. If the Niners win, you know, Nancy Pelosi is going to be riding, you know, the front of the parade, and Gavin Newsom is going to be in the same. I, you know what? If 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 they win, and I'm not I'm not making predictions, at least not at this early stage, but say if. If they win, and if there is a parade, gee, I, I hope Nancy Pelosi and her husband are on the float. And oh, yeah. I hope both of them are eating, uh, like, from half-gallon um, containers of Ben & Jerry's most expensive oh. ice cream. You know, even Melanie <laughs> Trump might even show up, you know? Melanie with, Trump might leave Mar-a-Lago and get away yeah. from the... Uh, with, her, the with her... With her... With uh, her... Tall son, I, is 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 their tall? Well, see, I'm not going to say their tall son. Is her tall son uh, now 18? Can we talk about him, or is he still a minor? I, I mean, think he's 18. Hold on, because we can't. Let me just Cooper look it up. Is that 16? Is that Cooper we, 16? But we can't talk about him. He's still 17. No, he's still 17. Okay. Yep. Right. Sorry, no, sorry, we can't talk about. Wait, right. we. You know when yeah. we can talk about him? March twentieth. No, March twentieth. He turns eighteen. Right now, no. though, I won't talk about him because I mean we can acknowledge because we we've seen him pictured with um, the former guy and uh, the former first lady. And what we can say because this is a fact based on those pictures, he is 
Um, in fact, according to the Internet, he's taller now than George Pataki. What? <laughs> George Pataki, Pataki is yeah, George there, Pataki yeah. is uh, George Elmer Pataki is six six and the young man who lived in the White House for uh, some time is uh, is now reportedly six seven. So I well, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he's definitely taller. He's definitely taller than the first lady, former Daddy. Daddy was six. Three and two fifteen, right? I mean, Daddy's a seven stud. <laughs> All right, you know, you've gone. Thing, okay, one last thing. thing. One last thing, one and last then thing. and then you have to go back to the bridge, and because don't you aren't you one of the toll takers on the Golden Gate Bridge? <laughs> There's no more toll takers, believe it or not. It's all electronic. Yeah, but you're the no, you don't you don't actually physically take the tolls, but you're you're the IT boy. You, you're the there IT you boy I'm, I'm for the. But one last thing is the former guy, you know, he, during his mother-in-law's service, he texted 27 times, but during that January 6th insurrection, he didn't text one time to tell him to knock it off. What the hell, man? He had forgotten to uh, charge his intelligent phone. That's 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 my theory. If I were called to represent him in a court of law or before Congress at an upcoming hearing, my theory would be he didn't make any tax during the insurrection because he had forgotten to charge his intelligent phone. It's 1034. This is Bob Joseph, live in living color on NBC, NBF. Distance dedication to Nancy from your Pookie Paul. Just picture them enjoying some Ben and Jerry's right now. Probably some even more expensive ice cream. Back to the phones we go. James and Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Yeah, when you do the long distance dedication, you got to do it like in the style of. And now, well, time for our long distance dedication. I didn't I'm want people to get sick. I, I, you yeah, know, with sounds, the yeah, with the no, super I mean, I syrupy of, saccharine sound of Casey Kasem, I, I, I could of, do I it. I think of the late Casey Kasem when yep. I hear that. Oh no, no I long distance dedication. I, I could do it, and with the uh, obligatory <laughs> thirty three seconds, uh, totally fake, totally fake. Thing that his intern wrote and those things. I mean, I'm not saying they were all fake, but they felt fake. Well, they met when they were two years old in the nursery in Endwell, New York. And it's like, I'm come on, saying, yeah. Casey. It's not the <laughs> yeah, way it works. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, here's your Sylvain. No, uh, well, no, no, better, <laughs> better yet. And, and, and Bob and Felicia met. 
at the After School yeah. Satan Club at Homer Brink oh, Elementary School. Now there, now there, yeah. suddenly we're going to get a flurry of calls. All right, what's on your mind, James? Uh, it's Delilah. Not a good one, too. Oh, man, now you got me on a rabbit trail. No, uh, uh, first of all, I'm a Niners fan. Really excited for the game coming up. Let's hope they, they pull it off instead of uh, losing, like, the 2020 game. But uh, anybody who follows football knows that any day could be the day that you lose to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know. You go either way. Um, and, you know, you know, just not to get to too many current events, but, like, you know, stressing about NATO doing exercises, I mean, that sounds like a good thing. I mean, if there's anything that's been thrown into relief the last uh, few years, it's the importance of, of NATO, and it's only been strengthened the last few years. I mean, now we've got bordering nations to Russia, including Finland, that are members of, of NATO. So, that so you know, uh, if Putin wants to keep throwing meat in the grinder, which is a terrible thing, uh, fine, but it will go no further than that. Um, and I, I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't think it's anybody's interest to get any sort of crazy conflict right now. Uh, certainly not China. Um, but anyway, that's not why I call. I've been on the road a bit, Bob, and I just want you to know, like, I still, I still, I mean, I'm listening almost every day and checking out. I like how rapid the, the replay has gotten up on the app because sometimes I'll listen later in the day. And this is a compliment to, to you and to not only you, but the callers. Uh, like Everybody's been kind of bringing it lately uh, with great discussions and, and cogent thoughts and, and the geographic reach you got. California had somebody call in, I think, the other day from Tennessee or something. I can only imagine, based on how it sounded they were talking, that they just happened to be – they just picked up the WNBF app to get their national shows and somehow found themselves talking about Binghamton. I don't know but I hope you're still there listening. Uh, but yeah, man, you're doing a great job and everyone else is doing a great job, like being a part of it. And, uh, you know, I'll try to call in a little bit more in the near future, but just want you to know we're all still out there listening and, uh, hope everyone has a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Uh, that's about it really. Well, I appreciate it. And, you know, yeah. the, to your point, I had a feeling just based on the first two or three days of this week that things really had improved. And I, I was hard Hard to I mean, put it's my good radio, finger. man. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, we, we it's had... actually good radio. I'm not saying it's not in the past been good radio, but... It was you better. Know, sometimes any show, any show, no matter how like wide the exposure, can kind of get into a little bit of a repetitive funk sometimes. And, and, and I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. I feel like everybody's turned over a new leaf this year in, in a I, way. And, it's uh, beautiful. It's refreshing. I mean, uh, I'm looking because I do keep track. So obviously yeah. we have uh, a lot of representation from the west side, uh, the east side, uh, Vestal. Mm. Upper I'm east looking, side, Bob. Upper, upper, east, upper very upper, upper, east upper extreme. Uh, upper yeah. east side. Hey, well, I almost gave away the coordinates. <laughs> Johnson City. Let's see who else. Because, yeah, there have been. And of course, uh, our our friend, the Golden Gate Boy, we hear from him with uh, with some frequency. But let's see, yeah. uh, Whitney Point, um, of course, what about, town of what about, Dickinson. We got Miss Kilowog is out there somewhere. Yeah. We got uh, like Triangle. We, oh, There's Syracuse! We had a call from Syracuse, and right after that, right after the Syracuse caller, it was Jacksonville, North Carolina. Yeah, that's, that's who I think yeah. you were talking about. Yeah, and and. You could tell from our friend from Jacksonville, North Carolina, he was not a member of the Bob Joseph Drink the Bob Joseph Kool-Aid Club, but no. he, he loved the program. 
because he, yeah, he mentioned specifically calling a national show, which yes. you are now because you're streaming. You are you're yeah. global. You are worldwide, Bob. You are going out to the moon. I promise, you know, like James. I promise to use this power only for good. Uh, uh, speaking of that, there is one local topic, and I'm glad somebody brought it up. It's funny for all the things I can get in a puff about. Um, it, it it really it's not a good thing about the 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 Weiss or the the Conklin Ave Weiss. You know, and maybe that's just a nostalgia. When I was a kid, we spent some time in a duplex there off uh, in that neighborhood out near the the old children's home, and you'd walk over there and stuff. And, like, I, I, by the way, nobody, no retail grocery store is closing because there's been, there's been shoplifting. Because guess what? That happens all day, every day. All right. That, well, that's and that's, that was my it. point about the W store <laughs> in Johnson City. And, you know, obviously, yeah. I don't want to get into a, they, any it's trouble not right, with. But they, they, trust me, these stores budget for that. They, of they, course. You know, that's not why but, they're. Yeah. Not no. And, and that's, that's, I, I don't. I don't want to minimize retail yeah. theft, but that is sadly it's part of the business model, and that's not true just in the USA today. That's true of Canada and Mexico and every place. Retail theft, what goes out the front door as well yeah. as employees out the back door, that's part of business. And what happens, you might recall, I think two or three years ago, there was a high-level executive who I think testified before a congressional committee about shoplifting and you know as as more of the truth came out and i don't know that he revealed it during yeah. the hearing but it was at least afterwards where it became apparent that some of these companies that initially had made such a big to do about the well, yeah it's and again we, good for pr well and and, know, and, and let's face it it's it's indeed incredibly irritating and uh you know, I, I understand why people get well, angry if you see video. If you see the inferences, the inferences, a neighborhood lost their grocery store because the people there there aren't good enough to take care of it. And you well, and that's it. it. You, you know, the implication. Now it's only going to get worse. Right. You know, the, the implication is is actually pretty pretty sick when you think about it. It's, it's easy. It's easy for some people to kind of like clutch their pearls and not care that much when there's a grocery desert and a place they associate with public housing and blah 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 blah. But like there's, you know, like in the north side, or it's more industrialist. I don't see people there. But I mean, like you're talking about one of the densest residential areas in the city and the county, like with like you know, single occupied houses, duplexes. Like there, you know, that's not an insignificant loss if there's no produce and grocery and like sundry supplies over on that side of town. So my question to you is, Bob. Who are you calling to get on the phone? Is the mayor coming back on to talk about that? Is the council coming to talk about that? Because that's also about to be a food desert that needs to be well, dealt with. Unless you want another dollar, General, I guess maybe that's what we want. Well, you know, sadly, that's probably what's going to happen. It's good. And, and again, I don't have anything specifically against dollar stores, Dollar General, no. Family Dollar, or whatever. But it's, I mean, look at how fast, and it's not just in this region, it's across the country, how fast... Dollar General and Family Dollar are growing. They're growing. Yeah, but they're at, not bringing in like fresh produce. Oh and, no, and, and, and no, no, and, no. and, and, and it, you yeah. know, if people, it's a complicated thing. The story about dollar stores is extremely complex. But some cities, I think, I don't know if it's Atlanta or a city outside Atlanta, some cities have gone so far as to prohibit the opening of more dollar stores because it was getting out of hand. And yeah, uh, yeah. I, so I'm curious to hear what happens with it because that actually, 
that, that kind of bummed me out of it, man. Maybe it's just because I've been going there for so, you know, you just drive by and it's an easy place to pop in. And granted, I haven't been there in a while. And I'm sure the numbers for Weiss just don't add up anymore. But uh, that that's a significant loss. I know the people up in the hills of Conklin, the town of Binghamton, will just be like, well, I just go down the other side of the hill to the Pan Ave giant anyway. Fine. But giant, listen to me. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, this is still very much a, a walking city for a lot of people, you know, and. Um, and that's just not good, man. So I, I, I hope that like, it, I, I kind of am almost annoyed that like this was announced and that like the city wasn't out ahead of it or like did somebody know this was going to happen, you know, because now it's just a mad scramble because definitely the day the doors close, that is a real problem on that side of town for quality of, of life, you know? So like, what are we going to do about that? Well, I'm also concerned though about other stores uh, and I've been told by some people that they think for now the other stores are safe. But remember, the first thing. What about I, the one in the Discovery Center? Is that going to close? I, I'm worried. About... Well, there you uh, go. That, but, is that little one over on Front Street and Vestal or Main Street and Vestal still open? The it, one that serves it the is. Neighbor? And, and yeah. I think, uh, you know, it's by by um, modern supermarket standards, it's tiny. I can't remember the square footage. But whereas Wegman. Oh, I. Sorry. Whereas the uh, store in Johnson City, very big, is about 130 or 135,000 square feet. That yeah. Y store in Vestal, Main Street in Vestal, is is tiny. You could probably it's fit it's three really or four cute. of those it's into. Cute. Oh, it's I like it. Like the and, one from the Discovery but Center. somebody yeah. somebody said they think that one is going to be okay because. They, hmm. they have a steady customer base there from Vestal uh -huh. and a lot well, of... They have a steady customer base on Con Conklin Avenue, too. I know. You know. I'm well, then some, uh, some people said, but there were differences hmm. between those two stores, so I'm not going to... Oh, I'm okay. Not, you know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, well, I know what other people are inferring. Well, that's uh, what people maybe were that's inferring. An acute, maybe that's an acute, you know, a, a, acute representation of... Uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's, that's an good... Good, good thing to think and chew on and ruminate about, folks. When you wonder, like, you know, uh, how perceived uh, areas and income levels and stabilities affect uh, people's choices, uh, in, and when, in fact, still everybody needs access to produce and groceries. So, again, we'll we'll see what happens. I did want to pull the curtain back for anybody listening. You know, Bob having some fun with. Uh, not being able to say the Super Bowl, uh, which yes, you can say the Super Bowl, but for those of, those of us who work in advertising, that, that's absolutely true. If you're marketing a giveaway, a contest, anything, it's a licensed property and a trademark name. So in commercial instances, you cannot use it unless you pay them lots and lots and lots of money. But Bob, come on, you're a news guy. You can say it all. You I know. It. I was doing it, it. In, with with good good fun. Even the commissioner would understand that I'm having a little bit of fun about the the legal guidelines. You're right. Oh yeah. You know, if I say, and I won't. I'll maybe next <laughs> next next hour I might actually say it. But you're right. If if talking about it in general about the event itself and not like WNBF is proudly presenting the. And we didn't pay anything for oh, yeah, it. Well, the yeah, commissioner yeah, would be yeah, here like so quick. You could put the logos yeah. up there. Yeah, and that's why at this time yeah. of year, in fact, that's why you hear on radio and TV and the Internet variations on, on the theme. I was listening to a, a station this morning, an all-news station in New York, and they're running commercials about every other break for some sugary 
soda beverage that could rot your oh. teeth. And yeah. but but the the gimmick is you know the road to the big game, and that's that's so, fine. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and that's what they do to get around it. But you know if if you ever hear that on a radio station or TV station, say, well, why don't they just tell us what they mean? Well, because it's a legal thing. And yeah, and no, and by the way, a good point. No, that is a way that you would not be able to. Like, okay, so here's the here's the fine line folks at home uh if bob is delivering a, a a newsworthy story about the super bowl and who's in it and where it is and the even wants to break down the the odds and the vegas line fine that's one thing to have a discussion but if in the next segment it's like caller number seven will will win two tickets to the big game you that's that's when that comes into play if yeah. it's sweepstakes you would have to say big game in regards to that and you, you, know, you and you have to be very careful anything right anything yeah. involving and not just this league professional sports look they're very protective of their trademarks and oh, their yeah. service marks and everything else and and rightfully so i mean it's big business of course and they have to look if they if for the the people who are paying premium Amounts of I mean high amounts of money for sponsorships, hey, they deserve to be protected too. That's and as you know, it's all good. It's all good. That's that's the story of America. That's why I love the USA today. It's ten fifty two with Bob Joseph live on WNBF. I got everything I wanted Not what you think And if I'm being honest It might have been a nightmare To anyone who might care Thought I could fly So I stepped off the golden WNBF live 10.55 Hope you get everything you wanted Now the forecast from the National Weather Service Everything you could want and more Mostly cloudy today Some snow showers possibly mixing with rain this afternoon High 37, cloudy tonight, low 27, mostly cloudy tomorrow to start, then gradually becoming sunny, high 37, sunny on Sunday, high 42, and right now in downtown Binghamton, officially it's 36, that's 2 Celsius. Coming up next hour, more of your calls, more topics, and more fun on a Friday. I'm Bob Joseph on Binghamton Now on News Radio WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Cloudy today with a high near 37. Cloudy tonight, low around 27. Mostly cloudy Saturday, then gradually becoming sunny, high near 37. 
Sunny on Sunday with a high near 42. A trio of men wanted in connection with a Pennsylvania robbery and killing were found hiding out about two blocks from the Endicott police station. Authorities said the suspects were tracked down to an apartment at 1104 Monroe Street. They were taken into custody without incident around 7.20 p.m. Wednesday. Residents of three other apartments in the building were evacuated as police executed a search warrant. These suspects are Daquan Allen, Jerry Butler, and Damon Brantley Jr. The men were wanted on first-degree murder and robbery charges in connection with a January 20th killing of a man in the Philadelphia area. Investigators said William Carter was walking in Norristown and shortly before 8 p.m. that evening when he was gunned down. Police responding to a report of shots fired found Carter dead on the sidewalk. Southern Tier SWAT team, along with members of the U.S. Marshal Service, Broome County Sheriff's Office, and Endicott Police were involved in taking the men into custody. Investigators said a search of the Monroe Street apartment resulted in the recovery of evidence linked to the murder investigation. Allen, Butler, and Brantley are being held at Broome County Jail in the town of Dickinson to await extradition to Pennsylvania. Our Lady of Lords Hospital has officially been acquired by the Sarah-based Guthrie Clinic. In a deal announced last June, Ascension Health of St. Louis sold Lords and its affiliated operations in Broome, Tioga, and Delaware counties to Guthrie. Terms of the sale were not disclosed as part of that announcement, but Guthrie has sought approval to borrow $140 million to finance the acquisition. Lourdes is anchored by the 242-bed hospital on Riverside Drive on Binghamton's west side. And Guthrie spokesperson said Lourdes and its affiliates employ about 3,000 people. Lourdes workers were issued their new Guthrie badges on Thursday as the formal transition was completed. Crews began removing Ascension signage on Thursday. Guthrie signs will soon appear at all Lourdes facilities across the southern tier. Workers at the Wise Market Store at 307 Conklin Avenue in Binghamton's South Side learned Thursday the location will end operations in about a month. Employees at the supermarket just east of Benjamin Franklin Elementary School confirmed they were told the store would close in March. They were not sure of the exact date of the planned shutdown. The workers will be able to continue with Wise at the company's other area locations. Dennis Curtin, Wise Market's Director of Public Relations, could not be reached for comment about what is planned for the remaining Broome County stores. Wise is based in Sunbury, Pennsylvania. The company acquired 12 Binghamton Giant Markets from the Akel family in 2009. Wise has about 200 stores in New York, Pennsylvania, and five other states. On Thursday, a New York State campaign to raise awareness about the safe use of products containing lithium-iron batteries was announced by Governor Kathy Hochul. These types of batteries can be found in many products, including smartphones, power tools, laptops, toys, and e-bikes, among others. While they serve a great purpose, they can also be a safety risk if not used properly. 
According to Governor Hochul's office, in 2023, there were more than 250 fires, 130 injuries, and at least 18 fatalities tied to instances with lithium iron ion batteries in the New York City area alone. A ban is also being proposed in the sale of uncertified or improperly certified lithium-ion batteries used in micro-mobility devices. A public awareness campaign began on Thursday called Buy Safe, Charge Safe, focusing on what to look for when buying lithium-ion batteries, along with safe use and disposal tips. Manhattan prosecutors are weighing a potential perjury charge against Donald Trump's former corporate finance chief in connection with testimony he gave at the ex-president's New York civil fraud trial last October. That's according to two people familiar with the matter. Ellen Weiselberg, a longtime loyal Trump lieutenant, served 100 days in jail last year for dodging taxes on $1.7 million in the -the off-the-books compensation from the Trump organization. He is still on probation. A decision on charging him didn't appear imminent, the people said. News of a potential perjury charge was first reported by the New York Times. Messages seeking comment were left for Weisselberg's lawyers. Bragg's office declined comment. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph, WNBF Live. Radio, the way it was meant to be. I'm here till noon taking your phone calls. Hope to hear from you over the next few minutes. 607-772-1290. I encourage everyone to chime in. Have your say live on News Radio WNBF. Glenn Investel, good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. How are you doing today? I am great. Good. So there's just a couple of things I want to talk about after, of course, giving you uh, accolades for doing such a good job. I heard the last caller did the same, and I want to you know, piggyback on that. I think your show is great. I, I really appreciate that people in the area are listening. That's a really good sign. Thank you. I I really appreciate the people who are calling in, including some people who in the past have been reluctant. I think I think we have sort of uh, opened up a new era in the program where more people want to participate because those who are disgruntled and disgusted, they've moved on and they're looking, I'm sure they're listening to different programs that are more more uh, designed and catered to them. So we're going to have, um, I think, more productive discussions going forward. Good, good, because I think that's healthy for everyone to call in, get their opinion in, have a discussion. It's something that I, as a councilman in Vestal, want to encourage Vestal residents to do that as well. So I'm glad that you've got this venue here for people to do that. Uh, So speaking of Vestal, the two things I wanted to mention were the first, uh, there's been some information about a traffic incident that Maria Sexton, the supervisor, was involved with. And I wasn't there. I didn't see anything. So all I've got is hearsay. 
However, I have spoken to her since, and my understanding is she saw an unsafe condition, did everything she could to make it a safe condition, and addressed the person that was involved to make sure they were okay. So everything that I know about this situation was Maria Sexton was trying to keep the public safe and help someone who may have needed help. Do you know if there's an ongoing police investigation? Is the district attorney or are the New York State Police investigating what happened? I do not know. I know their person has talked about starting that. Um, all I, I don't know anything about that. I'm getting the impression from little bits I've heard from other people is that that is not going anywhere, but I don't know, quite honestly. There may be. I just don't know of one. All right. And do you know, I mean, has the supervisor, Maria Sexton, said whether she's been interviewed by any investigators or if she's had to fill out any kind of statement for for police or anybody else who is concerned about what happened on the parkway? She has not. And as far as I know, she would probably mention it to the board if she had. So as far as I know, there has been no paperwork or no response at all that she would have to uh, be involved with. Do you think the uh, board is going to take any kind of action because of what she mentioned briefly in passing at the uh, January meeting? No, I don't believe so. All right. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And I, I certainly uh, encourage her to call in, too, because, you know, I I wasn't going to do a story about it. But now that it's become uh, perhaps the most explosive story in the town of Vestal over the last decade, uh, I would, would certainly encourage her to call if she uh, has a few minutes to to actually uh, address some of the concerns that have been brought up, even even as recently as on yesterday's program. Sure. And uh, that's the other thing that confuses me about this is, as you said, it's become a very large story. It's like she was helping a citizen be safe and helping the town residents be safe. I'm not sure how that got so blown out of proportion as to be a big, big deal in the town. And there's so much that happens in Bestall. This seemed pretty minor to me, but I guess people get cranked up, up about what they want to get cranked up about. And, well, what's the story with the police chief? All of a sudden, we see that Stace Kintner is quitting. What what happened? Uh, that I don't know either. We well, has he done any interviews? I, I left a message for him yesterday and didn't hear back. And then I was watching all the other news organizations. To I figured he would be doing interviews to explain why he was uh, calling it quits. What, what do you think is going on? Uh, I, quite honestly, I have no idea. Were you surprised? Were you shocked by his announcement that he's quitting? I was surprised, to be quite honest. I, I thought we uh, were working well with him. I thought we were going to move forward with uh, getting more officers and expanding the school resource officer program and working with him on, on other issues. So I really don't know. This was quite a surprise for me. When I heard about it, Maria Sexton let us know, and I went, wow, that's that's unexpected that was quite a shock well, did she seem surprised had, had she seen this coming from the way she uh informed you and the other uh council members not from the information i got you have to talk to her about that but from, from the information i got was this did come out of nowhere yeah it's um to me it's surprising 
because he had only been on the job as chief for a, a very short time. I thought he was likely to stay for, um, well, at, at least the foreseeable future, maybe the next several years. That, and I spoke to him at the last board meeting briefly after the meeting, met him, seemed like a really nice guy. We exchanged some pleasantries, talked a little bit. Everything seemed fine. I, I thought, you know, this is this is a guy I could work with, and hopefully uh, we'll get things going there. I was planning on getting together with him in the next week or two, talking about his department and seeing what's going on there because I'm interested in all the departments. And so are, is there something that we don't know about the Vestal Police Department that we should know? Is something that's uh, happening uh, just under the surface that that uh, that Vestal residents will be concerned about? There's nothing I know of. So, yeah, I'm kind of in the dark on the whole thing as far as that goes. Yeah, well, I'd, I would um, invite uh, Chief... Kintner to uh, call the program between now and noon. As I said, I left a message, but he was uh, in a meeting when I called a Thursday afternoon just after the program because I was interested in speaking with him. And then, as I said, on uh, the other news channels and even in the newspaper, I don't think there were any any interviews that, uh, that I saw that he gave. Right. And my understanding is he's found a better offer at another position. And I'm all for that. If anybody could Where, with the county? That I don't know. Uh, that's all I heard was he oh. was retiring, he found a better position, and he's moving on. And I encourage that for anybody. If you can, if you can do something better and move forward with your life and your career, absolutely do that. Well, I do, too. I, 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 admire, I, I admire people who... Um, you know, are are always improving themselves and looking for for better opportunities and new challenges. So, I yeah, think yeah. you know, I, I certainly um, am excited to hear what what is new, uh, what the new chapter will be for the the current chief. I'm looking here. Uh, the story here at the uh, press connects. It's very short. Um, it said apparently he sent an email. And it said, I'll be retiring at the end of February after almost 22 years of service with the town of Vestal Police Department and an additional five years with the Broome County Sheriff's Office. So, uh, I mean, that's uh, certainly plenty of time, nearly three decades in law enforcement. But still, sure. I just, I don't know. He, As it says, he was named chief in 2022. So I, I just thought, well, you know, it's, hey... If, if he's got a good opportunity, it said he, he's going to pursue other opportunities in the law enforcement field. So maybe something with the county or, or the state or who knows, even uh, federal have, um, yeah, have be. become available. So I wish him well. What else is going on in Vestal? Anything else that uh, I should know about? Have they uh, advanced yeah. any any kind of, oh, yeah, tell me tell me what's, what's up. So speaking of the police department. We uh, recently hired two more officers. They were officers that were approved by the previous board. And this board, we had looked at possibly delaying the hiring for budget considerations and then decided that, no, they were given the jobs by the previous board. That's true. And we want to keep that. And It would be a bad idea to not bring them on as promised. So we did. And this happened a couple of uh, board meetings ago. And how soon? Somehow, how soon will they be able to get on the job? Do they? Will they have to go through the academy, or can they be out 
on patrol fairly soon, do you know? They'll have to do some training, but uh, at the meeting that we decided and announced that they would continue to be hired on, uh, Stace Kittner was there himself, and he, he spoke and said, yes, here's the two guys. They were there also. And he said, they're, they're, they need to come with me now after the meeting, and we'll get things, get things going. So he had plans to get them going as quickly as possible. All right. encourage that. And yeah. still nothing about any proposed roundabout over at Four Corners? No, Nobody uh, moving toward uh, contacting DOT to see if they could put in a roundabout near the Four Corners intersection? I haven't talked to the engineer about that. It might be on his docket. I just don't know. It's something I'll have to look into. But getting back to the police officers, so those officers were there to be part of, I don't know if they were going to be part of or if they were replacing people for the uh, school resource officer program, the SRO program. And somehow something got started that said the current board of Vestal was planning to remove the active duty officers from our schools completely. I don't know where that started. It has never been true. We have never said anything like that. We still are not saying anything like that. It's not on our radar at all to remove any school resource officers or any officers from the schools. We would look at expanding the program so that we could have an officer in each of the schools in Vestal, because I believe there's only four now out of six schools. That's something we're discussing kind of it's not on the uh, agenda yet. We're discussing on what to do about that. But we are absolutely not discussing removing the program completely. I don't know where this rumor started, but there was a big contingent of residents at our first board meeting to protest us doing that. And we told them we're not doing that. We are continuing the SRO officer program. And now I'm hearing there's another protest going to happen at our next board meeting about the same issue. And I'm not sure where all this got started or why it's perpetuating and why it seems to be growing, but this seems to be another one of those, quote, big issues in Vestal that's not really an issue. I'm not sure why it's getting so much attention and so much fervor over something that isn't true. The board, as far as I'm concerned, is not, I know I personally, as part of the board, am not considering reducing that school resource officer program in any way, shape, or form, and certainly not removing it. And from what I know from the other board members, they're the, they feel the same way. The SRO program is a good program. We're going to keep it, and we're going to look at expanding it. So I just wanted to get that out there on your show so that maybe some of the people listening can say, hey, I thought they were, I was told they were getting rid of it. Now I'm hearing they're not getting rid of it. Well, the truth is we are not getting rid of it. We are encouraging the school resource officer program, and we are looking to expand it. That's to my knowledge. All right. Well, I hope everything calms down because you don't know. I, don't I mean, I mean, it's here we are a month into 2024, and already things. Things are very interesting in in the town for the yes, both the supervisor, the new supervisor, and for the board. I, I'm fascinated, but I'm I'm not sure if that's ultimately in the. I mean, we haven't. Wait, hold on. Yep. Wait, hold on. I was taking medication. Now nah, somebody calling on the hotline. I told her, please don't call during the show. Hold on. You know. 
course, I could mute that, too, but most people know not to call yeah, me. That's so fun. <laughs> so, anyway, um, it'll go over to voicemail, and then, then I'll uh, return the call okay. during our next break. So, anyway, so what was that? What were you what were we saying? We were saying there's a lot of stuff going oh, on. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, for today. the Newtown supervisor yeah. and for the... And for the board, uh, are you surprised that uh, January turned out to be so exciting? Actually, it's it's been more exciting than I had anticipated, yes. Um, but we did know there was a lot of work going in. We did know that we, when we campaigned, there were a lot of issues that the residents had that we wanted to address, and they weren't exactly the ones we've been handed we thought there would be other things, assessments, for example, and we are looking at that. Um, yeah, things started popping up that we weren't really aware of, like, for example, a the, the uh, lawyer, the town lawyer, also retired. And we had no idea that was going to happen, so we got a, a new lawyer. Think anybody it. else is going to suddenly leave the yeah, town I employee? Really I mean, is there going to be a mass exodus? Because I, I don't know what's motivating them to leave because yeah. we have not. And there was rumors when we were um, campaigning that we were going to fire a bunch of people and replace them all. And it's like, we never said that. We never said that. That was never our position. And yet now that we're here, the lawyer retires. Now now the police chief is retiring. We're going, okay, what's that about? We're not sure. We, we wanted to work with these people. We wanted to have a relationship with these people, keep them in their jobs because they were doing a good job. We felt that way. We wanted to continue with that, and we're just not sure what's going on. All right. Well, keep me posted and let Maria Sexton know. I mean, she knows the number here, so I'd like to uh, have her on the program soon because there's so much that is going on in Vestal. I will let her know. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for the time, Bob. All right. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye-bye. It's 11:25 WNBF Live. Our number is 607-772-1290. From the Golf Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290, also available at 92.1 FM. We sell the ultimate driving machine at Galt BMW. Joseph with Binghamton now. Dorothy in Endicott. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning. I would like to talk about Maria Sexton. All right. Uh, I don't have much to say except that it's my belief that if Maria Sexton were a locally born male, she'd be hailed as a hero and this would be in all the newspapers. What, are, are you suggesting she's being treated differently because she has only lived in Vestal for several years and came yes. to the southern tier from 
New York City, where she was a teacher and also served with NYPD? Absolutely. That's interesting. I I wonder what those who have been so outspoken about what happened, I wonder what they would say about that. I'm curious myself. Yeah. It seems that uh, if you're a male, it's, wow, it's exciting that you're a hero. If you're a woman, oh, my God, how could she do that? Well, it's been pointed out to me by people in the law enforcement community in, in the Binghamton area that there have been other uh, civilians, in some cases former cops, who actually have intervened in situations when when it was appropriate. I, In fact, I just received a, a message uh, who said, I won't be specific, but about a, a retired cop who had become a private citizen and actually took action because of uh, a certain serious thing that happened. And he said it can be done, and it is done all the time, when the appropriate circumstances exist. So it seems to me that maybe we don't hear much about it. In fact, I'm assuming that we probably wouldn't have heard about this at all if Maria Sexton hadn't mentioned it at the town board meeting last month. Because I, I still haven't heard from the woman who was driving. I mean, not that I expect her to call me on the air, but she can contact me by email or, or contact some other news organization. Nobody's reported that, that she was unhappy with what transpired. I guess, I guess if the circumstances were something where the supervisor did something to the driver and the driver was, was upset and filing a complaint and wanting an investigation, but I haven't heard that the the woman who apparently was going the wrong way on the parkway uh, was was concerned by what Maria Sexton did. It seems, if anything, she might have been perhaps a little embarrassed that she had made a mistake. But probably grateful. Yeah, and probably happy that she figured things out and nobody was hurt. And it, and I'll have to say this: to the best of my knowledge, well, no, I'll. I'll that sounds like I'm a lawyer saying, I have never driven the wrong way on the Vestal Parkway. However, that doesn't mean someday I might n- not make some kind of mistake, if not the parkway, some other place. So if if something happens and I was seen going the wrong way, especially on a, a highway with a lot of traffic and people driving at least 45 miles an hour, gosh, I would hope. If someone saw me doing that, if I was absent-minded or, or whatever, or maybe having a medical condition, I would hope they would take steps to try to um, avert a possible collision and maybe save me from being hurt or save innocent people from being injured. So, Absolutely. Appreciate your call. Thanks for uh, dialing in. You're very welcome. It's 1133 at WNBF. Vinny from Binghamton. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Bob. Hey, listen, I, I called in the other day and I was talking about voting and stuff like that. And, and uh, <clears throat> I heard where some people kind of misconstrued what I was basically trying to say. And and after you kept saying to me, um, you know, it's my opinion, that's my opinion. I, I didn't catch on of what was really be, going on. But um, let me let me just rephrase it. In 2023, this is all I'm saying. I know a lot of people. Oh, they don't want Biden. Oh, they they don't want Trump. We want a third party. Just be very careful 
about who you vote for. You know, Martin Martin said uh, he was on the uh, radio here a couple days ago, and he said something that's really interesting. You don't need a computer. Just Google it on your phone, and there's all the information you need to see. And, and, and it is so true because, you know, if we go back, if you're not into politics too much, if you go back and look at all those choices people tried making for third parties, you've got something like when Ralph Nader ran against Al Gore. And if you remember, it was a Tim, uh, Tim Carver, Tim, oh, I forgot what his name, Tim, remember, Florida, Florida, Florida. Al Gore lost that by 537, 540 votes. Well, Ralph Nader ran. He got 19,000. This is out of 6 million people that cast in that thing. He got 19,000 votes. A lot of people said, step out, you know, let's, that's a between. No, but he stayed in. And he stayed in. What were his, his issues? I wanted to highlight underreported issues and to perceive the need for electoral reform. Okay. That was, that, was, that was him. Now, there was a lot of reasons why other reasons, you know, Gore lost Tennessee, his home state. But it's imagine what would have happened if, you know, he hadn't ran or he stepped down. Now, do you know who his vice president was? It was Winona LaDuke. She was an environmental activist. She got arrested the next year shoplifting at Saks. Ralph, did you, did you vet this vice president? We aren't going for high school class president. This is a serious issue. Now, let's go back to Ross Perot. Do you know he quit, Bob, for three months when he ran? Then he came back in October. And I remember his vice president was Stockdale. And Stockdale talked about this on Frontline. He goes, the night before the, um, um, the vice presidential debate, I get a call from Ross Perot. We're sitting on the phone talking for a half hour, 45 minutes. At the very end of the conversation, Ross goes, well, hey, General, have a good night tomorrow night. Debate? Yeah, you're going to go against Dan Quayle and Al Gore. You're, you're going to be fine. Well, wait a minute. Aren't we got to prep in it? No, just shoot from the hip. Click. And then when you go watch that, he looked like a fool. So here's my point. This is a serious business. We've got to bring that presidential thing back up where it used to be, where it's very important. We talk about serious issues, and let's start getting some serious people that know what to do. Barack Obama once said this. There's nothing in this world that's going to prepare you for the president of the United States. Nothing. I mean nothing. And I always went back to think that I think that's why he got Joe Biden here, because Joe Biden's got some experience on how the Senate and how the House works, how you get things done. I've been there a long time. That's someone I can take. But just think if which McCall got in there, uh, 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 Ross Perot, just think if Ralph Nader got in there, guys. We would have had a disaster because they don't, they're going in for the wrong reasons. And that's all I'm saying. I talked about JFK, Robert Kennedy Jr. You got to think his sister and all of his siblings are giving him the thumbs down. Why? You got to think, why? Why don't they like this guy? You know, I wish you still had, uh, um, what's it, Scotty on the phone? I wanted to ask him about Steve Garvey. I see he's trying to run out there. Look at his kids. No, dad's a bum. <laughs> these, these, this information is out there for us. <laughs> they said they, they don't think too highly of Steve Garvey? Oh, really? No. Really? Okay. Bob, he was, Bob, he was married. At one time he was married, and he was seeing, two. I think it was two women. 
at the, at the same time. You're talking about Steve Garvey and not Donald yeah, Trump. Baseball. Okay, no, I just wanted to, because well, yeah, Donald no. Trump never played baseball. No, but yeah, he's right there too, man. I mean, All right. well, I don't, I don't know. You know, I'm, I obviously what I hope for is that everybody will. Um, how can I put this uh, appropriately so everybody is happy? What I hope for is everybody will behave appropriately going forward. Well, of course, somebody, our sensitive viewers, will take offense to that because what we we now live in a time of manufactured outrage, and so so virtually anything I say will be construed by some people, actually misconstrued, as as something to be angry about. Oh, I'm angry because <laughs> because say if I say. Well, the skies are cloudy, but it may be sunny this weekend. Somebody will say they're offended by that. Well, well Bob, let me, let me just say this last thing about uh, Kamala Harris, which I think it, it, it's just funny when I hear callers call in talking about, you know, Joe Biden. He, you know, Kamala Harris, he needs more excitement. He needs more excitement than that vice president. You know, Taylor Swift, he needs to get somebody excited. I'm thinking, wow, you guys just gave us Mike Pence. Dick Cheney and Dan Quayle. I know. Is that a bunch of excitement? Well, I, you know, who am I to judge? You know, and on the other hand, Jay Danforth Quayle is the man at least partially credited with saving, saving the nation on on the insurrection day. So there's that. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. let's let's be fair to Mr. Quayle, another former guy in his own right. At least, even though he was a former guy at the time, at least he gave the current vice president some appropriate advice on Insurrection Day. So I think I'll, I'll, uh, I'll say that alone helps to uh, balance out the overall record of Dan Quayle on, on the plus side. He may, have not, he may not have been a true dynamo as vice president. He may not have uh, won any prizes in the Indianapolis Regional Spelling Bee, but at least he knew a thing or two about the transition of power in the greatest country ever. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now on WNBF. Joseph Binghamton now WNBF live at 11:42. Beverly in the town of Dickinson. Good morning. You're on the air. What's up? Well, not much. Just love and life. Hasn't this been a great week for the radio show? Yeah, it has. I I finally got my I, I finally got my radio, and it took me a little while to set it. A little while to set it up because. It's got so many gadgets on it. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it in the old days where you could get the radio, plug it in, turn it on, and entertainment and information would immediately pour out of that speaker. Yeah. This is this is this might say might seem silly to you, but I'm gonna go get myself a transistor radio sometime, so so if so if I make a mistake on this, I'll have another one to listen to. Well, it's always good to have a backup, 
And always make sure yeah, that you have in case of, batteries. In case the lights go out. Yeah, and that's happened. Have, have you noticed that it's, it happens at least twice this week? 3,100 nice yeah, customers in Binghamton that. and 4,700 customers in Shenango County, and nobody even knows. Nobody yeah, even the, knows. Uh, uh, the, the, uh, the center was even closed the other day. I don't know how. They closed it, you know, they closed it for the rest of the day because they they didn't know whether uh, whether the lights would come back on or not, you know. But they did, you know, but by that time, everybody was gone. Yeah, well, that's the that's the problem. That's the problem. You never know. It could they, they had the power back on in 46 minutes. But for all we knew, it could take 46 hours. I wonder. I wonder what happened. Somebody said that. That a car hit a, a telephone pole. I don't believe that was the case because I talked with the powers that be, and uh, they didn't think there was a crash. It's um, I hate to say this, but you know, on TV they used to have uh, the squirrel. What's the what was the squirrel's name on the cartoon? Uh, Rocky. I'm not sure. I think so. It sounds familiar. Yeah, they had. Um, no, it wasn't Rocky. It was no. Billy Squirrel who used to be a country punk, but um, somebody thought it might be one of his relatives that, that got uh, too close to one of the uh, uh, electrified pieces of equipment. And you know that happens sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know, it's sad. I saw it myself uh, last summer here in downtown Binghamton, and... Um, and it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. But as a reporter, sometimes you see things you you can never unsee. But one of the NYSEG workers over on uh, Carroll Street near the baseball stadium, he pointed out the cause of a downtown power outage. And without going any further, I think you can imagine what I saw. Yeah. It was heartbreaking. And yet nobody could do a thing about it. Right. I, I got to tell you something funny. Uh, uh, the other day, I was going out, out the back door, and uh, I saw something run past me, you know? I thought, now, wait a minute. And I looked, and there was a raccoon sitting on my porch. And I said, I told him, you got an eviction. Get out of here. And boy, did he <laughs> run. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, you know? I, I had something happen like that, I think. I think it was last fall. I was, you know me, when I'm at home just reading, I was sitting in my easy chair, and I was reading, minding my own darn business, and, and so the dogs are, everybody's happy. I'm happy reading probably, I don't know, it was something online. It was probably the Wall Street Journal editorial page, because that's always good for a laugh. But um, so everything's fine. The dogs are quiet, and then I, I look... Up and out the uh, out the uh, the sliding glass door out on the deck is a raccoon, biggest raccoon I've ever seen. I don't even know where she came from because we don't have raccoons in my neighborhood. I don't I don't know. And and last last summer my daughter was uh, was cutting our grass with rather riding lawnmower. And and this woodchuck, it was in, it, somehow I got into the shed, and it was sticking its head out. Yeah, well, you, you know, know, sometimes like they think... He walked up yeah. and took a picture of it, 
that darn thing sat right sat right up and beat it. Well, I I took uh, two or three pictures of this raccoon, but they didn't come out very clear, and so. And by the time I got over to the um, really close to the glass door, the, the thing she had left, I never saw her again. So I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, you remember the olden days? Well, my father worked at my father worked at Ansco, and he uh, and he uh, and uh, 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 he showed me how to de- develop pictures. We used to go in the cellar, you know, and I had this thing. Of course, he was supervising me, and uh, I used to do my—I uh, used to uh, do my own pictures. At oh, really? One time. Yep. Well, that's pretty cool. Anyway, I hope you have a great weekend. Yeah. Yeah, you too. All right, I'll talk to you next week. It's eleven forty-eight at WNBF. We just received uh, an urgent note. Uh, we we now have a new listener to 92.1 FM. So a longtime listener and even a frequent caller has just advised me that um, 92.1 FM is uh, the frequency of choice. And by the way, that is that is precisely what I think too. And I'm driving around here. Whether it's during First News Binghamton with Don Morgan from 6 to 9 weekday mornings or in the afternoon listening to Dan Bongino or Sean Hannity, I usually am listening to 92.1 FM or, you know, if I want, if I want to feel like a traditionalist, I can still listen to 1290 AM or if I want to be clever and impress all my friends out in the field when I'm covering the stories, I can listen on the WNBF app. Somewhere in the black mining hills of Dakota, there lived a young boy named Rocky Raccoon. And one day his woman ran off with another guy. Hit young Rocky in the eye. Rocky did like that. He said, I'm gonna get that boy. So one day he walked into town, booked himself a room in the local saloon. Rocky Raccoon checked into Eleven fifty one with Bob Joseph. Rocky had come equipped with a gun to shoot off the legs of his rival. Joe in the town of Maine. Good morning. You're on the air. Uh, I'd like to be a historian for the Greenland Park. Yes. I lived in the town of Maine my whole life. I'm pushing eighty years old, and I can remember when it was a seasonal road going up there, and it was a swamp. And there was four sheep that were running around there all the time. And they were like white-tailed deer. If they seen you, they took off. And we always said that when they were running around up there, that was uh, heaven for sheep from Social Security when they go on. This was their heaven. They were up there. They never let you get close to them. And there was a ram there that had one hell of a set of horns on them. And it was more of a swamp, and it was a seasonal road. And and you, they just... Uh, said they were going to uh, 
close a place up, and we couldn't believe, what are they going to close up? It's nothing. It was a tr- more like a tractor trail. And if another truck or vehicle came, he had to find a place to get off the road because she couldn't, two vehicles wouldn't go on the road. And uh, we went up there, and we used to go up there all the time and catch bullheads. We had frying pans and frying pans full of bullheads. It used to be a bullhead pond. Well, we went up there, and it was almost empty. And I talked to the guy that was there, and he says they were catching them, and they were going to make it into a county park, and they were going to put the bullets in Dorchester. And when when did they make it a county park? 1962? I don't know. It was back when I was a teenager, and it was back in the 60s, 70s. And you could only go up through there in the summer months, and then soon as the weather changed, you could never do anything up there. But I remember them pines, and where I live now, when I moved in here 67 years ago, I had over 100 of them on the hill, and I've only got about 35, 40 left. The tops die, and then the bark starts coming off them. All and right. And so is there, is there some sort of disease, or is it just natural? I think it's natural because the ones that up here in mine, there's nothing wrong with them. It's just the way the wind been blowing so lately. They get top heavy. And when the wind breaks the top of them off, then they start to die. And I walk at the town park all the time. And they, a lot of the ash in there dying and they're cutting them. You know how beautiful the town of Maine Park is, but there's nothing you can do. That's just in my hill here with the 30 acres I got, most of it's ash. So I'm not going to have any trees left. And I'm going to. Go and plant pines again, but there's nothing you can do about nature. Right. So do you think that's one of the reasons then why uh, Gary from the West Side mentioned the pines were being cut down at Greenwood and some other listeners said, well, it actually has been happening over the last few years. That's probably the reason then. Yeah, because my pine trees are right around the same size as Greenwood's, and you should see all the ones the tops break off, and the next thing you know, the bark starts coming off them. And I've been up there deer hunting and had the wind come and have some of the tops come down, and if I wasn't in my tree hut, I would have been in the grave. <laughs> wow, okay. Well, I you appreciate know? Yeah, hey, thank you for sharing some of the, the history and some of the yeah. perspective. And, and now I'm, you know, probably in the next few days, probably Monday or Tuesday, I'll go up to the park. And cause I, yeah. it's been a long time since I've been there. I yeah. love that park. I have, and I have a lot of good memories there. We go up there in the evening on Bullhead and take our lantern. And we used to sit there real quiet. And you should see the trophy white deal white-tailed deer that used to come down on the other side to drink towards evening. It was heaven to me. We used to love to go up there. But we never built a fire. We never did anything other than... And everything that we brought in, we were only teenagers. And everything we brought in, we took out. But And we never seen another human up there. And nobody ever fished but us. You couldn't see sign where anybody was there but them four sheep. And the, the wool on them looked like it was a foot and a half thick. You couldn't even see their legs. They were so full of wood. But... I don't know where they belong to because it's quite a ways back that many years. All those roads, there was hardly any houses on them. You know, they were more or less a seasonal road, you know. Well, I, you, you paint a picture of, of real tranquility and, and beauty. Yeah. And it's it's so yeah. great that it's so close to the Triple Cities, too. It's, it's only a few minutes away. Yeah, and you go up there in the fall, and that place is just black with geese. And I walked their trails with my binoculars and my camera. There's a lot of wildlife up there to see, too. Well, I, I'm glad that you took a moment to call in and and share some of your memories and some of your thoughts about Greenwood Park and that, that general area of northern Broome County. Thank you so much. 
Okay, thank you, and you have a good day. You too. Have a good weekend. Bye. You too. Bye. Thank you. That's Joe in the town of Maine. And that's a great way to cap off the week. I think it's been the best week. I don't want to say the best week ever because how can you possibly prove that? But I've been doing the program now for over 12 years. It's one of the best weeks. And we've had a great variety of people calling in, a lot of topics. And I really appreciate it. Thank you for calling. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Be careful out there, but try to have some fun. Relax. And I'll be back here Monday morning. Bob Joseph on WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. WNBF, the news from ABC. Our forecast for this afternoon, cloudy skies, a bit of rain, then gradual clearing, high 37. Cloudy tonight, low 27, mostly cloudy tomorrow, gradually becoming sunny, a high 37. The outlook for Sunday, sunny skies with a high of 42. Right now it's 37 in downtown Binghamton, that's three Celsius. You're listening to News Radio, where news breaks first. WNBF 